0: Hello my friends and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast to help clarify the process of loss and grief through experiences shared from myself and others living with loss. I'm your host Tim Begonia and this is show number 112. In this podcast I will review the many common myths of grief to help you better prepare for the road ahead. You are invited to join this community and share your story to help others better understand grief how it affects us moving forward, and how best to navigate its difficult path. And I invite you to join the community on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both at journeytograteful.com. And lastly, I ask that you take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts will help this podcast reach more people like yourself in need of an insightful grief resource which can help them navigate their grief journey. Now even though the following episode shares a specific voice from someone who has lost a child, its overarching message fits well for any loss, any grief. Today's discussion offers a viewpoint from someone walking their path with grief, providing insights to the thought process during their grieving process when interacting with others. Ultimately, their words will allow us to better understand the specifics of what is going on inside of someone's grief on a daily basis. It's a truthful and it's a straightforward look into the mindset associated with grief, not only weeks past the loss, but months and, although hard to believe, even years past loss. I will interject personal observations or experiences with each of these 10 things to know about grief, all with the goal of more accurately understanding grief, whether you are a supporter of someone on their grief journey, or you yourself are walking this path with grief, not knowing what to expect next. It's time to dive into the show. I cannot begin to imagine everything that goes along with the loss of a child. And I need to clarify this immediately because for me, since the loss of my wife in 2020 and what life has been for myself and our family, all the difficult struggles with our grief, the messiness of life tipped on its end, and that all-encompassing feeling of great loss most every day, to apply that... To apply what I know about grief to the loss of a child, no matter what age, is a daunting task. I would like you to all understand that I am not personally speaking of grief associated with the death of a child from a place of experience, but instead from the view of the supporter of a few people I know who have lost a child. And I believe that most every parent will have these same thoughts and feel the way that I do. You see, I can understand in a very limited manner the devastation of that kind of loss, and at the same time, never truly being able to understand it. Not really. So moving into this episode, I would like to share with you a writing which was presented to me and written by an unknown author. And its title was simply 10 Things to Know. And although the writer's point of view is that of a parent who has lost a child, I believe it is important to understand that all ten of these things to know can easily be associated with any loss. This is Ten Things to Know. Number one, please don't be afraid to talk to me about my child. My child lived and was very important to me. And it is a comfort to me to know that he or she was important to you, too. My child is pretty much always on my mind anyway. You're not going to remind me that he or she is gone. It is imperative to understand here, especially those who are trying to support someone living with grief, that this specific thing to know is absolutely universal and is a very important piece of the support that you are trying to offer a friend or family member. Of course, you will need to know the personality of the person you are trying to support. Some may actually want to push away their grief and try to ignore it or hide it. However, from my experience with many who have lost another, We want to freely speak their name. We want to inject them into our stories from the past and help us to keep their memory alive. Because honestly, that's all we have of them. Number two, if I cry when you speak of my child, it isn't because you have hurt me. My child's death is the cause of my tears. You have talked about my child and allowed me to share my grief, and I thank you for both. Now, the misconception here is the tears from grief. That they are all sad and devastating, but some are happy. Some are our love leaking out, while others are simply because at the moment, we are allowing ourselves to feel once again. And if this happens in your presence, Know that you are a person that we feel comfortable enough with to share our tears. We feel safe with you, and that is an awesome gift. Number three, if I seem absent-minded and forgetful, that's because I am. Grief brain is a common malady in bereaved parents. I'm really not losing my mind, but sometimes I may feel like I am. And again, I have to say, I can only imagine how different this might affect bereaved parents. But it it is something that most everyone grieving will experience. You see, our minds are trying to grasp something that is simply inconceivable, unimaginable, and our brains so often will simply not shut off. We so desperately want to think of something else than our loss or the details of the final days. But let me tell you, it's there when you least expect it for absolutely no good reason. Even now, after three years, I experience snapshots of the last days, and that is more frustrating than you might imagine. So we fight with ourselves sometimes, and the fatigue that we feel isn't just physical. It is also a mental drain, even if we don't show it on the outside. Number four, please don't expect my grieving to be over in six months or even a year. The early months may be the most traumatic for me, but please understand that my grief will never fully end until the day I am reunited with my child in heaven. And although it may sound strange, I don't really want my pain to completely go away. It helps me feel connected to my child. Now, this one, as you may know from other episodes, is one of the greatest myths of grief. Simply put, grief has no end. And remember, grief has been explained as love with no place to go. And if that is true, which it is, by the way, then understand this. My love for my wife or child or brother or grandfather or friend does not end because they are no longer here. Thus, our grief will not either. Number five. When you ask me how I'm doing, that's a really hard question for me to answer. I will probably tell you I'm fine or I'm doing okay. But neither of us has enough time for me to fully and accurately answer that question. The last part of this point is a hidden gem that I would like you to walk away with. So please put it in your pocket and reference it when you come to this point with a friend you are trying to support. Now, although we can't accurately answer that question, let me tell you, we'd like to sit with someone and try if only as a way to help ourselves. Here's why. Let me explain it this way. You come home every day to an empty bedroom or a house that is all too, too, too quiet, and we are fortunate if we have someone on a daily basis to share that within our life, a spouse or a significant other. But if we don't have that, if we've lost someone, we rarely have the ability to discuss in depth any of it. A priceless gift you can give your friend is to be that friend who says, I'd like to spend time with you and just talk about what you are experiencing, no matter how long it takes, because sometimes we not only want to talk about things, but sometimes we need to talk about things. Number six. Please excuse me if I seem rude at times. Sometimes I just don't have the emotional stamina to participate in small talk and keep the smile on my face. I may just have to check out for a while. This is a great thing to know, and here's why. From my point of view, of course. Since the loss of my wife, I admit I've been fighting a cynical attitude at times. I look at certain things happening around me in the everyday world And I sometimes shake my head thinking to myself, do you see how unimportant that is in the scope of life? Whatever you're complaining about, whatever you're droning on and on about, whether it's a silly argument or someone focused on something so insignificant, but seems to be making such a big thing about it. And I'm screaming in my head, it's not a big deal. I believe that is what the writer might be referring to here. Sometimes we just like to shout to the mountaintops how ridiculous something sounds because we've lost an entire person, our person, and meanwhile, someone else is going on about something that won't matter in a few hours. I guess our new perspective on life, because we're more focused and clearer, sometimes just... We just don't have the time to take in something insignificant at the moment. Number seven. Please don't tell me you understand or that you understand how I feel. Unless you have lost a child, you cannot understand how it feels. I pray that you will never know how I feel. I'm sure you might know what I will say about this. And of course, I won't ever say I understand what it's like losing a child because I've lost a wife and that is different. Although we might have some similar experiences with grief in general, it's not comparable and I won't pretend ever that it is. To tell someone you understand is very disingenuous. So let's just stop saying that. And instead, maybe admit that you have no idea, but you would like to help in any way you can. And maybe that's a cup of coffee and being that someone that they can talk to. Number eight, being a bereaved parent is not contagious. So please don't shy away from me. I need your support now more than ever. This one, although valid, my viewpoint which might be incorrect, by the way. This is one of the ten things to know because some people who were once a part of your life might slowly pull away. And that's the fact. The reasons they do may vary because perhaps they just don't know what to say or how to act. Perhaps they have that all-too-common thought that they don't want to remind you Of your loss. So they pull back and thus they disappear. Well, others might not be comfortable with being that sounding board for what you are going through because they feel helpless. And if they have not experienced great personal loss, they have no idea what you are going through at all. Personally, I don't want anyone acting differently around me because of my loss. It's okay to be in a social setting where you normally would laugh. Go ahead and laugh. I'm not able to yet, perhaps, so I will be able to someday, but at least I'm there and I'm trying. So let me try with you. If I'm around you, I'm comfortable trying with you around. Understand? Number nine. You may see me struggling emotionally sometimes, but this is just me trying to survive. This does not mean that I have lost my faith. For a variety of reasons, anywhere I am or anything I'm doing anymore is just a very emotional place to be, but I'm trying. When it comes to struggling emotionally, I want everyone to understand one important aspect about this thing to know. So often our emotions are right at the surface. Sometimes there's a easily explainable reason, while other times we ourselves don't even know why, or we are not allowing ourselves to admit why. Either way, I think you understand. Now the author also states for a variety of reasons, and this is spot on, and if you don't know this yet, our emotions can bubble up from the most random or insignificant thing. And here's a story I'd like to share with you. Back in 2011, Colleen and I lost a very good friend of ours who had passed quite unexpectedly. Actually, it was one of Colleen's best friends. And she and her family had moved to Belgium the year before, and we were fortunate enough to have the chance to visit them once they got over there. And what a wonderful time and wonderful memories we have of that trip. Weeks after her passing, the funeral, and this new normal we had been faced with, I walked across the street from my work to grab some lunch at a grocery store. While walking the aisles, I ran across a display of Belgium waffles. And I broke down. It caught me completely off guard as I wiped tears from my face in the aisle of the grocery store. This is a symptom of struggling emotionally, where any reason at all might bring those emotionals right to the surface. So understand we are trying the best that we can. And finally, number 10. Please understand that the loss of a child changes a person. When my child died, a large part of me died with him or her. I am not the same person that I was before my child died and I will never be that person again. Listen to that again. I am not the same person that I was before my child died. I can only imagine the truth of that statement. And this is an unbelievably powerful statement, and one that can actually be said for many people living through any sort of grief. I can say with certainty, I am not the same person I was before Colleen died. I can't be. As the author says, a large part of me died with her. I am forever changed. And just as I had been forever changed once she came into my life, her loss has changed me as well. It has redefined me, and every day since her death, I have been trying to redefine who I am now that she's gone. It truly seems we are forever attempting to re-identify ourselves, because in many small ways, we've actually lost ourselves as well. This episode shares an important list of the 10 things to know about grief. Although from the viewpoint of the loss of a child, each point here is spot on and a priceless piece of the grief puzzle, no matter who you may have lost. To have lost someone, anyone, is to have lived through something that you never thought you would have to, but something you must find a way through, somehow, in some way, and it is not an easy path, on a daily, weekly, monthly, or yearly basis. To have lost a child is simply unimaginable, and has many unique and complicated facets of which I know I can't fully understand. But to help support someone who has, we will need to better understand where they are coming from, what their daily mindset truly is, and why they react to our help or our conversations with them the way that they do. This list can certainly help us. And if we are that person living with grief we need to identify for ourselves what we are going through and why. That is the first step in the process of moving forward, providing a better understanding for ourselves on how we can emerge from this all when it oftentimes feels as though it's an impossible task. And lastly, We all need to take steps forward, identifying the ways in which we can and will choose to redefine ourselves, now that a piece of us is gone. Thank you again for listening to the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am thankful for you taking the time to listen to this podcast and sharing it with others. I encourage you to stop by the community on social media, share your own story and insights on grief, and join our family in helping others on this path. Head on over to journeytograteful.com community to find ways to join the conversation and make a difference through your story. And while you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And if you would like a more personal connection, I invite you to contact directly with me via email, tim at But let's not stop there. Why not give me a call, leave me a voicemail, or text me anytime? Yes, you can actually text the number 262 298 2428. That's 262 298 chat. And lastly, help me build this community, broaden my reach, and support my mission by reviewing this show and telling others why you listen over at Apple Podcasts. I've provided for you a leave a review button at journeytograteful.com on the homepage and the podcast page. Your support of this podcast through your comments is a powerful thing that you can do today, and I thank you. Here's a thought I'd like to leave you with as we settle into the new year. It is possibly a new mindset for some and a reminder for others on one way we can take a step forward to view our grief in a slightly different light. It comes from Dr. Seuss and it is one of my favorite quotes that I reference often when I need to adjust my mindset, my attitude. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. And I truly hope we can find many reasons to smile because we have been fortunate enough to have had that person, that love, as a great part of our lives. Know this, strength will come if you can find a way to be grateful for your memories, all of the memories that you have. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any previous episodes. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.